Good evening, everybody, or morning, or whatever time zone you're in, whether you're here in America or whether you are abroad. This is another episode of Take Action. I am Pastor Henderson, and I am pleased to give leadership to the Lighthouse Church. I'm so excited about the word that I'm going to share with you today because let me tell you something. It came strictly out of my devotional time. Now, normally, I've got a, um, a study regimen that I use to get us ready to take action in life. But this purely came out of my devotional time with God, and God spoke these words to me. So I believe that just like this past Sunday, and if, you, if I were you, I'd go back and watch uh, Introduced by a Fight on Keon Henderson TV on YouTube. Um, it was out of uh, that pure desperation to help you to get to your next level that I believe that I didn't have a sermon uh, when I preached that. I, I believed it was a message. And this too, I believe this is another message. I believe that this is another one of those things that God gave me to share with you. So make sure you're texting. Uh, make sure you are uh, uh, tagging. Make sure you're calling as many people as you can, telling them to get in the room right now because what I am about, listen, what I'm about to show you and tell you and teach you is going to save you arguments. What I'm getting ready to share with you right now is actually the information for the conversation you need to have with somebody that you love, but you know if you start this conversation, it's going to be an argument. So I'm getting ready to have the conversation for you. So if there is a boo, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a husband, a wife, a nephew, a niece, a mom, a dad, somebody that you need to have a hard conversation with and you can't figure out how to have that conversation, I'm telling you right now that I am about to have the conversation with you and for you. So this is Take Action. Listen, before we get going, um, I'm going to tell you right now that we are contemplating some magnificent things uh, as it relates to helping our community. Uh, as I pulled up on the grounds of the church today, uh, our clothing bin was full, and so we're sending off hundreds, uh, if not a couple thousand pounds of clothes right now to, to those who are in seasons uh, where they are uh, falling victim to a less fortunate uh, mantra at this time in their life. And as long as we continue to give, um, listen, God is going to continue to add grace to your account. So they're putting the giving instructions up on the screen right now because as you give, we're able to purchase things. Um, we, we, we had so many, so many uh, school supplies that normally because of our giving levels, the school supplies are done in a day. We had so many school supplies that we were giving school supplies out the entire first week of school. That made me proud as a leader. So as long as you continue to communicate with us with your tithes and your offering and your take action offerings, uh, we are able to give to people all over our city, all over our state, and yes, even all over the world. So you can go to our website, you can go to our app, you can go to Givelify. The instructions are on the screen. It'll come up periodically so that you can partner with us so that God will add the grace on this house to your house. Amen. So today I got a word. Oh my God, when I say it, now it may not be good to you, but it was so good to me. It was good to me. Man, I'm going to look you right in your face. It was good to me. So if you don't enjoy this word, uh, go ahead and go to sleep because I did. 
I did. I'm, I'm already convicted by it. I'm already confronted by it. I've already confirmed it. Let me show you this little three-step thing that I just learned. Um, and it was purely out of golf. It was purely out of golf. I was trying to figure out how to get my alignment. I was trying to figure out how to get my alignment because I recognized that I would hit the ball and it would be slightly to the left consistently, consistently. And uh, I watched a video and the instructor said, the problem is, is that most people address the ball already closed. Listen, that may not make any sense to you. It may not make any sense to you. But in golf, square is better than closed. And so if you've already approached your target closed, then there's no way you're going to hit your target. I need everybody listening to me right now to open up. I need you to open up because if you're already closed, you're going to miss the message. If you're already closed, you're going to miss the revelation. If you're already closed, the glory is going to pass you by. So I need you to open up your heart, your mind, and your soul because today we're going to talk about the progress killers. The progress killers. That thing or those things that have been holding you back, watch this, from a destination that is already guaranteed to you. It's already yours for the taking. It's already yours for the seizing. So when something is already yours, you have to ask yourself, then if it's already mine, then why don't I have it? It's because you are running up against the progress killers, and I'm only going to talk about two. And if I feel your, your virtue pulling on me through the screen, maybe we'll expand this lesson and find out the rest of them. But, but I want to first start off by defining progress. Okay, here we are. Are you listening? Look at me. Progress is defined, and I want you to look at me. Progress is defined as forward movement or onward movement towards a destination. Okay? Forward movement or onward movement towards a destination. It is when you want to proceed for the purpose of developing or, or, or getting better or going higher or advancing. It is the desire to proceed, listen, for a more advanced stage in any area that concerns you. So that's, that's the premise of what we're talking about today. For those, anybody, uh, if I'm talking to you, I want you to raise your virtual hand. If you have a desire in your life right now, to advance, to go higher, to do more in any stage of your life, uh, family, faith, finances, we're talking about progress, that you desire to go forward <clears throat> in any stage of your life. Now, the reason why I preface that by saying if, I recently read uh, a statistic that said, I couldn't believe this, that only six out of every 10 people say that they believe they have room to improve. And I think that's the first problem. <laughs> I think the first problem is, and, and, and I grew up when 60% was a D. You know, I know 
<clears throat> things have changed today, and, and that may be a passing grade, but I grew up, I'm old, I'm 42 years old. Uh, I grew up when the 60 was a D, 70 was a C, 80 was a B, 90 was an A. That's, that's all I know. I know the grading scales have changed, but so there were, and not only is 60% a D, but it's a D minus. <laughs> it's one point away from an F. So literally, out of people polled, we have an F average, a low D average, of people who believe they have room to improve. That means if you call 10 people right now, four of those people already think they got it together, and I think that's an issue. Um, I'm not sure why it's not 10 out of 10, but it is what it is. So, so I'm directing this message right now towards the 60%. If you're in the 60%, identify yourself and just type, I'm in the 60. I'm in the 60%. I'm in the 60. I'm, I'm looking at your comments right now. I want to make sure that I'm talking to you. Okay. All right, I see, I see some of you starting to put in, I'm in the 60, I'm in the 60, I'm in the 60, I'm in the 60, okay? I'm in the 60, good, because I'm talking to you. I mean, you should be blazing this chat up, identifying yourself as being part of the people who are going to get the help today, the people who are going to get the spark to be able to take the action that's going to take you from where you are to progress, from progress killers to killing it. I, I speak over your life that when we get done today, you're going to be killing it. Now, one of my favorite quotes is, every day you either get better or you get worse. <clears throat> you either get better or you get worse. One of my favorite quotes is, every day you get better or you get worse. You never, and I mean never, you never stay the same. If you don't get that, we can't even go forward. You are not staying the same. Imagine a car is on the hill, and I'm not talking about one with technology that, keep, that has roll assist, because I know somebody put that in the chat, but just imagine an old school car with no technological advances, if you put a car in neutral on the hill, it's going to roll backwards. I went through a car wash the other day, and as I was going through the car wash, it was a slant coming out. Car was in neutral. As soon as I came through the car wash, it stopped because it, it, was, it was going down because the car was in neutral. When you're in neutral, you go the direction of the road. Okay? So, so your life... Is, is, is a roll full of peaks and valleys. So you're never still. It's never flat. You're either advancing or digressing. Either getting better or you're getting worse. You never stay the same. Now, I personally have a personal mantra. Here's my personal mantra. I only want to get better 1% a day. That's it. I'm not trying to conquer the world. I'm not trying to go from zero to 10 uh, although I will accept quantum leaps, but my, my goal is to get 1% better every day because I know that if I get 1% better every day, I have a 100% success rate in the future for getting better. It's, it's not even up 
for, for a suggestion. It's not, it's not maybe. It's not, um, it's absolute. If, if I get better 1%, if you get better 1% every single day, I guarantee you with a 100% assurity that you will be successful in the future. Just 1%. Just 1%. Get 1% better every day. Now, watch this. If you, if you accept what I'm saying, it's going to be difficult because when you're 1% better every day, you won't see an impact in your life right away. Okay? But as time goes on, small improvements or small declines, because I want to put both in, compound each day as you suddenly find a gap in between where you are and where you're going. So if you get 1% better every day, there will be a gap between failure and success that you can overcome. If you decline every day, there will be a gap between failure and success that makes it more difficult to overcome. But when you do something consistently, it eventually adds up to quantum leaps. I don't know why. I, I read this somewhere. It says if you get 1% better every day, you will be 37 times better than you were at the end of a year. How many of you all can stand to be 37 times richer than you are right now? 37 times more happy than you are right now. 37 times more peace than you have right now. 37% more direction than you have right now. Making a declaration and a commitment to becoming 1% better every day, I'm guaranteeing you that you will be 37 times better 12 months from now. Okay? Now, now here, is, here is the journey, though. And we see this clearly with the children of Israel with the 40-year journey that they were a part of coming out of Egypt into the wilderness. We see this no more clearer than any place with them. The Bible introduces us to what I am calling the progress killers. Now, you got to get this. You got to hear me, the progress killers. And I'm going to give it to you. And, and the scripture is going to come up on the screen so you can see it. Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. Yeah, I, I need you to write this down, okay? The Bible says in Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 3, it says on the 15th day, are you there with me? Of the second month after Israel left Egypt, the whole company of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, they said, why didn't God let us die? Here it is. This one almost threw me out of my desk seat when I was at home studying. Why didn't God let us die in comfort in Egypt where we had lamb stew and all of the bread we could eat? You've brought us out here into this wilderness to starve and die, all of us. Now, when I read that, I saw as clear as day what the first <laughs> progress killer is. I'm about to give it to you. I'm telling you right now, this is the first progress killer. 
Okay. All my note takers, get ready. All my note takers, get ready. Here's your first progress killer. The first progress killer is comfort. Woo! Lord Jesus. I got I to drink some water. Y'all give me a second. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, as I always say on Sunday, I'm going to drink and let you swallow. I need everybody. I'm going to sit this mic down. All of the people who can confess. I don't want, and I know this is only going to be six out of every ten, but I need anybody who will confess. Pastor, I suffer because I'm always seeking ways to be comfortable. All right, go, go. Put it in the chat. All right, I'm going to let y'all do it because I can't, I can't talk to people who don't want to be real. I hope you can hear me. All right? All right, listen to this. I'm talking to people who can admit that they suffer from comfort seeking. Okay? All right, I see it. I, well, can you see that chat? Luis, can you see it? You see all those people come? All of the people who are admitting that they suffer from seeking comfort. And, and, and here's the thing. We've been taught to seek it. Ask people today, you want to be rich? Ah, I want to be rich. This is not everybody. But I just, maybe this is the four out of the ten. I just want to be comfortable. I don't want to be greedy. I just want to be comfortable. Everybody wants to be comfortable, comfortable, comfortable. But according to the text, Comfort is a progress killer. Let me tell you why. The etymology, if you ever look up the word etymology, it means the origin of a word. The etymology of the word comfort is confortin, C-O-N-F-O-R-T-E-N, C-O-N-F-O-R-T-E-N, confortin. Watch this. Conforting or comfort from its etymology, from the original uh, purpose of the word means to soothe in trouble. To soothe in trouble. In other words, the children of Israel were in Egypt where they were not supposed to be because they were supposed to be leaving and going to the promised land. And yet they were upset with God, Moses and Aaron, because God did not soothe them in a place they were not supposed to be. It's called immaturity. Immaturity is when you know you are in a thing that you should not be in. Immaturity is when you are in a place you know you should have graduated from. But because you are immature, you ask God to soothe you in a place you should be leaving so that you can be comfortable and accept your current state. I hope I just convicted somebody because this is not the season for you to ask God to make you comfortable in a place that you should be leaving. It is time for you to leave Egypt. It is time for you to leave that job. It is time for you to move on from that relationship. It is time for you to move on from bad spending habits and stop and Stop praying and asking God to soothe you and make you comfortable at a level you should be graduating from. I hope 
I just convicted somebody. I want everybody who's upset with me right now, I want you to type in the chat, Pastor, I'm mad at you. You in my business, you on my nerve. I didn't come here for that. I came here for you to encourage me. And that is the problem with the gospel and its cohorts. We want the gospel to make us comfortable in our situation. But this is take action and I am Keon. And my job is to push you to the next level. So I speak to every one of you who are listening to me today. I am not here to soothe you and make you comfortable about staying in the basement or living beneath the privilege that God has called you to get up, get out of Egypt. Comfort is a progress killer. And if you get comfortable in Egypt, whoo, your children are going to be born there. If you get comfortable in Egypt, your grandchildren are going to enjoy it there. If you get comfortable in Egypt, you will look up and it will be 400 years and you would have damned four generations of your last name to be stuck in slavery all because you wanted to be comfortable. I told you I have a sermon. I told you I, heard, I had a word. It's time for you to be uncomfortable. It's time for you to be uncomfortable. They were upset with Aaron and Moses and God because neither one of them were willing to soothe them in the wrong place. I ask God, I, I speak this right now, that God will bring somebody in your life who ain't afraid of you, who will disturb you to get you out of your comfort. Maybe I'm him. Maybe I'm the one. Maybe I'm the one that God called for the next 15 minutes to shake you up and stir up the eagle's nest so that you will learn to fly and that you won't sit in the nest too long. Comfort is a progress killer. Seeking comfort has caused so many people to be mislabeled. Oh, Lord, this is my next point. Okay, this is my next point. Y'all, hold on, I got it. I'm, I'm trying not to get a headache. I'm trying not to, I'm, I'm trying my best to keep this sermon copacetic and not just start arguing with the devil on your behalf right now because many of you have been labeled because you're a comfort seeker. Let me, let me state my case. You've been labeled, and here's some of the words you've been labeled as. You're lazy. You're cold-hearted. You don't care nothing about nobody but yourself. You don't know how to communicate. You, you're selfish. Anybody ever been called any of those things? See, what most people don't know is that I am not lazy, I am not cold-hearted. I am not evil. I'm seeking comfort. Mm. So, so while you're seeking comfort, you don't understand that you are gaining labels. You're ungrateful. No, I'm seeking comfort. It looks like I'm ungrateful, but the last time somebody did something for me and I accepted it, it came with strings attached. So, so, so it's not that I'm ungrateful. It's that the last time I accepted something, somebody expected something. So, so I appreciate it, 
But I got to accept it in the level of comfort. God, 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 God. See, you've been mislabeled all because you've been seeking comfort. People have saw you wrongly because you've been seeking comfortable uh, situations. The truth is, is you're seeking comfort. And the way it has manifested is you rush from Egypt, whatever your Egypt is, because you didn't like it there. Then you realize that you didn't like the progress or the journey of where God was calling you to. So you didn't like Egypt, but you didn't like the process. So you went back to Egypt because you were comfortable there because comfort is a progress killer. And here it is. And because comfort is a progress killer, you start naming the benefits of your bondage. It's right in the text. They said, um, why you bring us out here? Because where we were, we had uh, lamb stew. We had, we had boudin. We had, I'm going to start naming country stuff now. We, we had, at least where we were, we had lamb chops. We, we had fried chicken where we were. Where we were, we, we, had, we had sushi where we were. We had, we had bread where we were. We, we had something to drink where we were. Look at how, how hard progress makes you start listing the benefits of bondage. Hmm. This, is a, this is a word. We out here starving. We out here starving. Where we were, at least we ate. Oh, okay, here, here, here is the revelation. Well, come here, come here, because I, I got to talk to somebody in, in New York. I got to talk to somebody who's going to see this in Lagos. I got to talk to somebody who's going to see this in Dallas. I got to talk to somebody who's going to see this in Chicago. You come out of Egypt. You're on your way to the promised land. You didn't like how hard it was. So you start wishing you could go back. Don't, don't leave, woke, because I'm not done. You know why you're starving? Because hunger is the first step in progress. <laughs> All right, okay. That chat ought to be blowing up right now. Is this another time, woke, for me to drink? And, and Okay, all right. I got to get some more water. All right, so I'm going to put the mic down, and, and y'all think about what I just said. I ain't got time to play with y'all today. It's just, I'm in this old, old church by myself. Me and a couple of camera people. I ain't got nobody to front for. Ain't no audience. Show them the audience. Well, just turn around. Show them. Ain't nobody here. Look at that. It's just me and you. So I ain't fronting. I ain't trying to get an amen. I'm talking to you. Maybe they'll show them the balcony. Can you show them the balcony? Ain't nobody up there either. It's dark up there. So I, it's just me, Warren Luis. I ain't trying to get an old man. You're my, uh, a man. You're my audience. I'm not, I'm not trying to get anybody to clap. I'm trying to, I'm trying to let you understand that hunger is the first step in progress. When you go forward, you lose last season's meal ticket. God wants to see if you will still believe he's God when your stomach is growling. He wants to know 
Do you think he's God when you're laying in the bed at night lonely because you have nobody to lay with you? He wants to know if you will still shout from the mountaintops that he's good when you're hungry. Philippians 3, 13 through 15. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press. That word press means I don't settle. I don't retreat. I don't quit. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be minded this way. And if anything be otherwise, God shall reveal unto this, he will reveal this unto you. Now, watch what he says in the text. I count on myself to have apprehended this one thing I know, I think I do. I press toward the mark for the prize of the upper call. I don't settle, I don't retreat, I don't back down. And he says, watch this, then let every man be perfect or perfected. This is a word that the Lord gave me. Because some people are paralyzed because it ain't perfect yet. Some people stop because it isn't what they had in mind. And God told me to tell you these words. There are only four of them. Are you ready? Progress now, perfection later. Progress now, perfection later. Stop quitting because it's not how you expected it. I press toward the mark, even if there is a lion and a bear and a giant in between me and the mark. I press toward the mark, even if there are pits, Midianites, Potiphar's wife, and prison in front of me. I press towards the mark, even if there is a lion's den in front of me. I press towards the mark, even if there is a fiery furnace in front of me. I press towards the mark, even if there is a storm in front of me. I press towards the mark, even if there is a well in between me and Nineveh. I press towards the mark. You've got to press because comfort is a progress killer. Get uncomfortable. <clears throat> Get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. Disturb yourself on purpose. Get up two hours earlier than you feel like it. See how much you get done. Uncomfortable. If you're on a diet, you're going to be hungry. But hunger is the first step in progress. It's when you go back seeking the comfort that you eliminate or kill the progress. This could be as small as you trying to regulate your diabetes and, and regulate your sugar intake. 
the first step in that process is going to be to withstain and to abstain from that which makes you comfortable. Withstanding and abstaining from that which makes you comfortable. Number two. I'm only going to give you two. All right. Now, this second progress killer irritates me more than the first one because I understand being comfortable. <laughs> I, I absolutely understand being comfortable. This next one, ooh, this one gets on my nerve. This one gets on my nerve. Nerve. I'm about to grab this camera. Well, can I grab the camera? No, I ain't gonna grab it. I ain't gonna grab it. I just want to like bring it in because this next one. Ah, oh, I'm about to set the chat on fire. Here's the second progress killer. Y'all ready? Go back and read the text and see if you can guess it. Exodus 16. Okay. On the 15th day, second day of the month, they said, Why you bring us out here? Why didn't you just let us die? in Egypt, in comfort. Okay, you got that one. One chapter later, Exodus 17 and 2. So the people complained to Moses. There it is. I'm already, I can't. The second progress killer is complaining. I want to know. Six out of ten. How many people in the chat right now either are or know somebody who complains about everything? It ain't hot enough. It ain't cold enough. It ain't close enough. It ain't far enough. It ain't tall enough. It ain't this enough. It ain't that enough. The Israelites were slaves, which lets us know that the people who do the most complaining ain't got nothing to show for it. So here you are expecting what you cannot deliver. <laughs> at least if you're going to complain to Moses and Aaron and God, at least you ought to show us your plan first, Israel. If you're going to complain about your current state, at least show a plan on your own that improves it. This world is full of complainers. Most people are unhappy in their relationships because instead of having a conversation, they have a complaint session. Everybody complains about the waiter, about the waitress, about the food, about how it was cooked, how it was undercooked, how it wasn't what you expected. And sometimes you're complaining about what was delivered to you, but you have no assessment about the directions you gave. Were you not clear? Complaint. Complaint. Give us water to drink, Moses. Moses said, why are you complaining to me? Why are you testing the Lord? Complaining. Hebrews 12 and 15 says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up in you. In order to make the progress that you're going to need to make, in this season of your life, you have to be free from a complaining attitude. I need you. Don't you cut that computer off right now. Not, not why you're feeling convicted. You ain't busy. 
Don't, don't start, get off of Instagram. Don't start responding to text. Don't walk away from the laptop. Don't walk away from the TV. Don't walk away from the computer because this part right here, you know, when your when when Holy Ghost left and you start feeling uncomfortable, this is where you got to stay. Don't get busy now. Look at me. Don't, don't get busy now. Complaining is killing your progress. Complaining is killing your progress. Now, <clears throat> we call it the spirit of complaining. And I, I always wonder why we call it the spirit of complaining. He got the spirit of complaining. And I realize the reason why we call everything a spirit is because we believe if it's a spirit, we can pray and it'll just evaporate and leave. Nope. Today, I'm not even going to call it the spirit of complaining. I'm going to call it the habit of complaining. The reason why I'm going to call it the habit of complaining because the only thing that a habit can be is broken. You're going to have to break this habit. You don't have the spirit of complaining. You got the habit of complaining. You have, you have the stronghold of complaining. You complain. Your mama complained. Your father complained. Your sisters are complainers. Everybody in your family complains. It's the habit. Passed down from generation to generation, and I come up against the habit of complaining right now. And let me tell you, with the habit of complaining, there is a spirit that is associated with complaining. Hmm. It's called bondage. It's called bondage. Complaining actually comes from a desire to be the center of the universe. Why? Because when you complain, you are saying, I want everything to go exactly the way I envisioned it. And if it doesn't go the way I envisioned it, then I'm going to be vocal about how I had it in mind. That's what complaining is. I expected when you sent the burger out, it would have seven pickles on it, but you sent it with two. So I'm going to bring it back into the fast, rest, fast food restaurant unwrapped because you didn't give me enough pickles. Because I envisioned seven. You gave me two, so now I'm going to complain. Well, you could simply go up to the counter and say, can I have three more pickles? Complaining. And I'm about to give you a scripture. I'm going to give you a scripture. Philippians 2 and 14. Send this to every complainer you know. Do everything without complaining so that you may become blameless and pure without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine amongst them like the stars in the sky and will hold firmly to the word of life. God says, if you stop complaining, I'm going to make you stand out amongst the crowd. If you stop complaining, I'm going to put your resume ahead of people who qualify for the position. If you stop complaining, I'm going to put your name before other great men because the spirit of complaint 
I'm locking you out of the room because if you get in the room, you're going to complain until they kick you out. And I do not want my children being escorted out. So I don't open the room to you because you have the spirit of complaint. You are qualified for the job and you can't find the job because even though you're qualified for the position, you will unqualify yourself by the level of complaining you do. Don't you turn that off. I'm almost done. The people complained in the hearing of the Lord about what they didn't like. And when the Lord heard it, and I'm reading Numbers 11, watch this. The Bible says that the Lord became angry. Did you not know that complaining makes God mad? Woo! Talking about progress killers. Did you not know that complaining makes God upset? Every time you complain, God says, oh, here she goes again. Here he goes again. Never happy. Got everything they've ever asked for eventually and yet complaining about what they want. Mm. The Bible says in Numbers 11 that when they complained, God was kindled with fire and burned among them. Complaining makes God upset. I bet no one told you that complaining makes God mad. Paul said, learn to rejoice in all things. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Solomon said that in Proverbs 17, 22. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That's Philippians 4 and 4. And here it is, and I'm done. Paul wrote Philippians 4 and 4 when he was in prison. So if a man in prison, in awful situations and conditions, can say rejoice, then you don't have to complain because you're in a bad marriage. If a man can say rejoice again, rejoice in prison, then being at a job that's underpaying you doesn't give you a right or reason to have the habit of complaint. I am telling you, as sure as I am a minister of the gospel and the word of God is in my mouth and the fruit of the spirit is coming off of my tongue, I say this in meekness and humility, that there are only two things killing you in this season, your comfort and your complaints. And if you will get uncomfortable, and be able to have joy in environments that are not currently suited to your comfort. 1% better. 1% better. Which will equate to 37% better at the end of a year. I am walking people from now until October of 2024 to a level you have not yet seen. Now, you... I need you to make a year commitment with me. This is the longest commitment some of you all will ever make. You cannot afford to miss anything over the next 300. And right now, as it stands, about 78 days. You got to ride with me. It's going to change the rest of your life. I don't have six points for you today. The only thing I want you working on from today until a week from now 
is your comfort and your complaints. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. We know that you've called us out of Egypt. And we know you've called us into the wilderness. But the difference between those in our text and those who are listening to this telecast and to this broadcast is that we are going into Canaan and we will not die in the wilderness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope that word helped you. Man, I hope that word helped you. I hope, I hope you heard what came from my heart and not just from my mouth. I really felt like God sent me to be your spiritual father at this moment, even though some of you all have another pastor. I don't want to take his place, but I was, I was the resident doctor today to perform biblical surgery to extract out of your life comfort and complaining. And when you get this kind of joy, people are going to say, oh, she always happy, he always happy. Yes, but this joy that I have, the world didn't give it. And the world can't take it away. And you're going to learn to be content in whatever state you're in. Listen, we're getting ready to leave today, I want you to make sure that you took advantage of our giving opportunity. I want to share a scripture with you on giving. You've heard this scripture before? I don't know if you've ever thought of it the way the Lord shared it with me and the way he showed it to me. We say this all the time, Proverbs 18 and 16. A man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. A woman's gift will make room for her and bring her before great men. I used to look at that and I would think about talent. And then I realized that in the scripture, a gift was called a talent. So when the Bible says that a gift will make room for you, it's not talking about my singing. It's not talking about my service, although all of that is true. He's literally saying that my seed, my gift will make room for me and put me before great men. Here is what I'm praying over your life today. That for every person who's getting ready to sow their tithe and their offering and their take action gift, here is the word of the Lord. This seed that you're about to sow is about to make room for you and put you before great men. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I have a meeting at 11 o'clock with somebody whose life is taking off. They sought the meeting with me because my gift is making room for me and bringing me before great people. I pray that people are going to seek you out and schedule brunches, lunches, breakfasts, and dinners with you. And you're going to learn something at that meeting that's going to bring you out of your comfort zone and give you a testimony. They're putting all of the instructions up on the screen right now. I need you to give from a cheerful heart, not begrudgingly, but because you know that this next year is getting ready to double and take you beyond your wildest dreams. Push that button right now, take action. 
Don't worry about Egypt. Canaan is in your future. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you next week on Take Action. Hey, everybody. My name is Pastor Keon Henderson. I am the founder of an organization called Take Action Now. People are always direct messaging me and texting me and saying, Pastor, what are you doing? How can I be a part of what you're doing? And I know everybody doesn't want to be a part of the local church. But what if I told you I had a way for you to partner with me so that we can affect change throughout the world? Hence, take action now. A 501c3 nonprofit organization committed to advancing individual agency and social progress by protecting, strengthening, and uplifting the underserved and disenfranchised throughout the world. We're doing humanitarian things, teaching entrepreneurism, teaching home ownership, and institutional inequities, cultural deficits. We have our ear to the ground, and we need your help to make a difference. Whether it is making a sizable donation uh, to the estate of a young woman who lost her battle with cancer via the internet, and we were able to make a difference there, or whether it is in a underserved community in the Caribbean islands where the children were playing amidst rocks and glass, and we came in and broke ground recently on a park so that athletes and cheerleaders and young people in that community can have a safe place to stir up the gift inside of them. Whether it is paying the utility bills in cold climates for seniors or just helping basketball players get the proper uniforms of football players, it's just us making a difference through financial literacy and technological empowerment and mentoring services. This is what we do. And all I'm asking you to do is become a partner with me right now. And I want you to go visit TakeActionNow.org. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. 